LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day and welcome to episode two of Evangelistic Courses. If you are listening to this and you haven't listened to episode one, can I encourage you to jump onto episode one and listen to that first? So I'm on the fence. Uh, I, you know, I became a Christian through you know someone converting me through one-on-one and discipling, discipling me. That's the best way to uh, to reach uh, people with the gospel. Tell tell me why evangelistic courses are so powerful. Um, there are a few reasons why I think that falls short uh, in the world that we live in. Um, our missional context is so different to what it was 20 years ago. Uh, mine, for example, in the inner West is increasingly secular, a really low biblical literacy. Most people are not going to repent and believe because they heard the killer evangelistic talk or because they know one Christian friend who kind of read something with them. Um, God used things like the Billy Graham crusade when, you know, over 85% of his of his um, converts were already plugged into churches. Uh, that's just so different for us now. That's 40 years ago, 50 years ago. That's, oh, how, my, sorry. that's, how, my, <laughs> well, that's how my dad became a Christian. Yeah, so. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're right. It's, right. We're in a completely different context. So there are three really helpful reasons why courses are so important. What else? Yeah, I, I, so I think that means that mission needs to take time to build a depth of relationship and understanding what the gospel is. Um, but it also needs to uh, involve more than one person. Uh, people need to see that the gospel works, um, if that's not too crass, um, to see that the Holy Spirit is working people's lives, even if they, they can't put their finger on, on what's happening. Uh, in more than one person or else you become the exception to the assumption about what people think Christianity is. We want people to experience uh, what the gospel does to community. We want them to experience the kind of hospitality and love and gentleness and respect um, that a Christian community can provide. So you don't repeat courses. Are you, have you ever been tempted in the last sort of two or three years to just run the same course uh, over and over again. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. I, I inherited this model, but I'm pretty sure. It's the sold. Alan LeCarbio method, isn't it? That's right. Um, <laughs> but I, I back him in it. The vibrancy and dynamism that it brings to our church ecosystem is really beautiful. Um, I find it so easy for Christians in churches to experience mission as a burden and not that God-given uh, purpose that brings us joy. Yeah. Um, and so each time we start a comms process for the next Explore course, Christians are really excited to hear what's happening next. Um, and that prompts a new discussion every time. And our guests are also interested by something new. There is the novelty factor that's really exciting. And I think we can pull it off because we have those established teams and the capacity to make it good every time. Yeah. And so we can be confident in that. And I think touching on what I've already said, it multiplies gospel opportunity. Mm. It gives people lots of contact points with the same gospel, with the same Jesus within church community. And because um, the four different courses uh, we find retains people in our missional pathway, we wouldn't do it if it didn't retain people. Mm. Uh, it retains people for months on end. It's able to offer them multiple modes of engagement with the gospel message. One course um, is not compelling for all people. And so we find that it uh, it gives um, 
lots of different people, a variety of um, engagement. And between courses, like I said, we are mobilizing our leaders and our Christian friends to take that hospitality offsite. That's so important. We want it. We want our guests to experience that the gospel works in people's lives, not just that it makes sense. Um, it takes more than that. They need to see that the gospel can tra- transform you and that you want to be part of that transformative community. That's great. Now, you've just switched out a course and switched in a new one with Life Explored. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you pay attention to make a course excellent? Uh, we do pay attention to the content and the quality of the course. That's the first thing. Uh, we've been doing um, the life of Jesus for a few years in term one as a kind of pre-evangelism starter, um, which is amazing content but, but it has just, got, just aged. you just got over uh, john dixon's shirt no he, he's amazing <laughs> uh, but um it was you know produced in the 2000s and you feel it I when know. you're watching it i used it. that at school when i was a chaplain right, right. it was amazing yeah the things that the kids would pick up and you go oh, i just didn't even see that yeah. yeah uh so um we want the content to be uh, both excellent and faithful the second thing is uh, we oh, want... Just on that though as well, mm. it, it is interesting how things age. You know, I've been I've, I started reading uh, Sneaking Suspicion with my daughters, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and just none of the none of the illustrations, you know. But I'm like, I can't. I, this is a fantastic book. I found this so helpful when I was growing yeah, up as yeah, a Christian, yeah. and I used it so many times when I was a youth group leader. Yeah. but it just doesn't hit the mark. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's where you got to listen to your young people. They'll tell you what's going yeah, oh, to be cancelled in two totally, years. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, so. Paying attention to feedback and, and mm-hmm. actually asking for it, really helpful. What else? Yeah. Uh, the second is that we want the entire experience of the course to be all about hospitality. Uh, hospitality, uh, biblical hospitality is about um, how God makes strangers friends. So when you say biblical hospitality, like often people say food, but you're, you're not thinking just about food here. You're thinking no, no. about you think about the the seats people sit on, you know, yeah. the environment they come into as they as they get welcomed, totally. the the table hosts and how they operate. What, you think about the whole thing, not just good food or yes. good coffee. That's right. Uh, it is about the relational experience of the night. Uh, if biblical hospitality is about how God makes strangers friends and uh, welcomes them into His His community. Um, then that's that's what drives us too. Uh, we're actually working on some principles for hospitality um, that helps us make decisions and helps our teams know the why behind what they do. Mm. Um, they are uh, we put on a good spread. That means we we don't skimp. Um, a big part of uh, our mission budget, our church budget, actually. Uh, is about uh, our food and decor and the experience of the night. That's important because reaching the lost is our first priority. And so our budget's got to reflect that. Um, our team's big who does hospitality. It's not uh, the side thing that makes a real ministry happen. It's a ministry in itself. And th- and this is, I mean, it's a ministry in itself. Yes, it is a ministry in itself. It's Absolutely. amazing how many people, they they would never want to get up and do the talk or even just introduce the video. Yeah. But they'd love to put on a great spread totally. for, for whatever it is. And th- and that's them expressing the way that God's gifted and wired them. And and that's a key part of putting on a, a great mission course. Yeah. Yes, that's absolutely right. Um, we put on a good spread. Uh, we want to promote conversation. So when we think about the food that we put on a table, um, we 
don't just want to make it look pretty and appealing. We think about things like what will help people share and engage and have uh, moments of interaction. Um, that's all part of it. it. The space is really important. Um, so we pay lots of attention to that and um, we assign a team on that. So we build capacity for it, both money um, and people capacity. Um, and finally, uh, this one's a, a bit more intangible, but I think there's ways to think about it. I think we've got to have a culture of joy around our evangelism. Mm. I had um, a bit of a, a low-key KPI for my team last year uh, about a culture of joy. I wanted everyone who served on Monday nights, which is when we run our courses, um, to say that it was the highlight of their week. Um, so what does it take to make this an amazing experience also for people who serve? Um, I think about uh, the days where I served in youth group. That was so exciting because it was fun. Um, and I think we, we lose a sense of that when we become boring adults with mortgages and jobs. Um, how do we help people have a renewed vision and joy for what mission looks like and how they can take part of it in a, in a local church? What, what part does prayer play in this? Because, mm. you know, one of the things we were talking about and assessing a church plan, as we say, yeah. you want to have a cloud of people, a crowd, mm -hmm. you know, praying for you. I like a cloud of people. Yeah, cloud I, like of a, I like a cloud as well. But, yeah, <laughs> but, a, but a crowd and a cloud, you want a whole bunch of people actually praying, you know, for this evangelistic yes, venture yes. as well. Um, I, again, I don't think we're very intentional in our circles mm. in you know, having prayer warriors and, yeah. and, and getting people who their job in this ministry is actually just to be praying for the mm -hmm. 10, 20, 30 people who are showing up. Totally. Yep. Uh, we have people who are praying through the week um, who are not on site. Um, and we also uh, we have a whole area of our, our team dedicated to prayer and praise. So we have two team leaders um, who are responsible for leading our team in prayer and praise every term. So we have a pre-meeting and um, a pre-meeting before the course starts where we spend 45 minutes in prayer. And every week uh, we are committed, we put a timer on to at least 30 minutes of prayer and praise, um, sharing stories. We occasionally get out a guitar and sing. Um, it's really important that uh, after you, you get there on a Monday night, after you've been at your boring adult job with your mortgage, <laughs> um, that you prepare your heart. You remember that we're depending on God for the work we're about to do and uh, we are expectant and excited to see him work. What do you wish someone had told you about evangelistic courses? I wish someone had told me that evangelistic courses need to be orthodox and faithful, but it's really not about the content. Um, that's covered and they need to be excellent, but you can, you can stop worrying about it. That's not the main thing uh, to be intentional about. The thing you've got to keep um, on your radar is the experience of the course. Uh, if people are receiving hospitality, if you're mobilising Christians to be a part of mission, uh, and if, if people are, are staying on and making spiritual progress, that's what you've got to keep on your radar. Final question. What's the one thing you want to say about evangelistic courses? People need to experience the gospel, so the experience matters. Um, do a review of, of what your courses look like and the experience of, of a guest coming along. Um, that makes a difference. Excellent. Well, we're really good to talk about this. I feel like there's two episodes here, <laughs> potentially. This has been a great conversation. Uh, thanks for having uh, – thanks, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> now, just want to jump into the toolbox really quickly. Uh, I've got a couple of tools. We talk about this lots, um, but it's always good to go go over old stuff. Um, I like your old stuff better than your new stuff, as they say. So episode 85, that's a that's a blast from the past. 
um, mission planning from episode 85. Uh, Dave Jensen's written a great article on how to run an effective evangelistic course. Got some really helpful practical tips on that. Uh, so jump into that. I also reckon Alpha, if you jump below and under the bonnet, Alpha's got some really good stuff on building teams that uh, Jerry's already talked about in terms of building your hospitality team, building your invite team up, and thinking about how an evangelistic course is more than just the four or five weeks you have it. It's the pre and the post stuff. They do that the best in the Alpha course. And then episode 6.4 of the Reach Australia podcast, evangelistic courses, uh, great one just to, to push into. Well, uh, that's all that we have for the one thing today, but I just want to talk very briefly about foundations. The National Conference exists over four days. Before we gather together as one sort of large conference, Reach Australia Foundations is on. It's on the 16th of May. There are three streams. If no one has ever sort of been introduced to ecosystem thinking in the Reach Australia framework, send them along to stream one. If you're a team, as a team are trying to really wrestle with it a little bit further and you've engaged with stuff over the last few years, Stream 2 is for you. And if you've come to the conference over many years, we've created Stream 3 for you, which is which is really pushing into what does it look like to actually have ecosystem thinking uh, amongst your team. So get along to Reach Australia Foundations on the 16th of May. Jump on the website, reachaustralia.com.au. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon. <laughs>